0: Welcome back to season two of the Ring Back Feminine podcast. I am your host, Angelica Chulo. And on this podcast, we talk about all things femininity, masculinity, relationships, how to reach your highest self, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Bring Back Feminity Podcast. And if you are new here, welcome. I am your host, Angelica Chulo. And today I have my husband, Mike, joining me. Mike will be taking the lead on this episode. We will be talking to his life coach, Lance McKell. Lance is the author of Refocus on Power and the creator of the Refocus on Happiness course, where he coaches men and women of all ages how to level up their mind, body, and spirit in order to feel better and live the life they deserve. So, make sure to check him out so you can start building the muscle in your brain you've been neglecting for decades. You can find Lance at refocusonpower.com to learn more. But for now, let's begin the episode. Let's start.
1: All right, Lance. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, welcome Thank you for having to, me. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, like we were just talking about, you are one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> so really happy to have thank,
2: you. Thank on. you. For that. that's, very, that's very nice of you to say. <laughs>
1: very happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I know you and I have known each other for years. Uh, yeah, it's I amazing. Know, we, have,
2: we have a nice little uh, nice little story of uh, of getting, you know, since we met. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, we
1: both have come a long way since then and and especially yeah. you. And um So before we get started, I I would love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and just, you know, what you do and kind of how you got into it. And, you know, we'll start there.
2: Sure. My name is Lance McKell. I teach a conditioning program. Most of my clients are going through a breakup, divorce, um, something that is not so pleasant. And uh, yeah, so the end of the day, I teach a 30-minute conditioning process for people going through a really challenging time to feel a lot better, a lot quicker. That's uh, what I do today. is not how I start off, and you know my background. Like I actually start off as a relationship coach um, many years ago, working with some very well-known uh, coaches in the industry, um, famous before YouTube was really a thing. And after many years of doing that, I realized you know all those techniques are really wonderful, but if you can't control your emotions, they're worth. By the way, am I allowed to curse on this show? Oh I'm yeah, i to use strong things, but you Need to be very careful. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. So I basically re- I basically realized very quickly it doesn't matter what you know it matters what you can fucking do and if you can't control your emotions you know zero all those techniques go out the fucking window as soon as your emotions get the better of you so even though I start off in relationship coaching you know really what I came to realize is at the end you have to address that actual emotional core that's what makes all whether it's whether it's in love health and wealth across the board all your techniques are executable when you can actually address the emotional core the two most valuable resources for everything you want winner winner chicken dinner across the board. Emotional states of energy. When you control that, you have the crux, the foundation for everything you want. So I started as a relationship coaching, but eventually this is what it's evolved to because at the end, you know, everyone every it's it's interesting. I work with so many people and they think their situation is so complicated, they're so unique. And I'm like, listen, I bet you I can summarize your situation better than you can. And they're like, okay, great, tell me. I'm like, you want to feel better, right? Wouldn't you like to know that every day you could get feel you could feel better simply because you have a strength, a conditioning, a skill. That you build each day. If every day you got a little bit better at feeling better, simply because you can, regardless of your external world, isn't that game set match? Isn't that what you want at the end of the day? And no one has ever told me no. <laughs> so, but that's all conditioning. It's a wiring. So, that's that's where things have evolved to at this point here. And and the long story short, why I'm so passionate. When I got really into this, you know, is. I mean, I had my own fucking tough times. <laughs> That's true. Right. I mean, I like to tell people like I like. I don't care what your story is. I promise you, I can relate to your story um, at the deepest essence because I think we can all agree. Not that everyone's is here, but the people that I've worked with, I'm like, you know, your situation might be different than mine, but I think we can agree on the essence of what the lowest of the low would be, and that word would be called despair. Anyone who's ever felt what it's like to be in despair the lowest low kind of like to the point of like you know what's the point in this thing we call life trust me i can relate to that i know exactly what that one's like but i know how to get out of there permanently and not to and to know that that trajectory from now to the end of time is always going to be up that's what everyone wants at the end of the day so the reason why i do what i do and the reason i'm so passionate about it is because i really believe based on what i know you don't no one has to suffer I mean, just like in the gym, you know, you can wake up, you can be born with very small muscles, you know, you know, you can be born with, um, you know, underdeveloped muscles, but we all have a choice, right? We can go to the gym and grow and evolve from what we have, or we can do nothing. <laughs> option, option one is much better than option two. So I'm just very passionate about it because, you know, I teach people a way to biologically upgrade themselves so their ability to bounce back quicker is something they can actually touch taste and feel a real experience and I I always tell people it doesn't mean you're not going to feel things I don't train fucking robots but you have no idea most people have no idea how much quicker they can bounce past things simply because they're conditioned that way but the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I know very well what it's like and I've had my own very very tough challenges for many years and that's that's essentially why we're here today you know and why I do what I do today love it Yeah, I I hope I didn't go too far with
0: that. that's a great explanation.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. You know,
1: we, you know, Ange really started this whole podcast uh, to be centered around femininity, right? And to (laughs) help women tap into that that essence of kind of who they are in order to attract the type of men that they want and really live a better life. And and it's so funny because I read some of the DMs she gets because sometimes they need the male perspective and, so many more times than not, it usually just has to go back down to the self work, you know. And and when you're doing the self work, self so work, self self work. Oh,
2: self work. Okay. Yeah, like the
1: you know working on yourself yeah. is usually gotcha. the root of many of the problems. Now, sometimes it is externally facing, where maybe they're they're being treated improperly, right? Or they're but I would still consider that, in essence, yeah. a root of self work because you wouldn't even be putting up with that if you were doing that work with inside yourself, you wouldn't be putting up with somebody that was mistreating you. So, you know, I just, I love the fact that a lot of times, at least what I found within myself too, having gone from not being successful in relationships to becoming successful in one Mm -hmm. is that all the work started with myself. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, uh, where you were so pivotal and helpful for that. Uh, for me, you know, just so everybody knows, you know, I, I hired Lance as a, as a life coach. I don't even know how many years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Um, I also worked with Lance from the relationship coaching side of things, too, prior to that. And because I was just trying to, at first, it was about just meeting more women. Uh, but then as I got older and more mature, it became more about how can I just live a really good life and eventually meet the woman of my dreams. And you were instrumental into helping me tap into that. Um, and becoming that best version of myself mentally, uh, and spiritually to be able to, uh, eventually find that person. So, you know, I, um, I just relate a lot to w- what you're saying about, you know, I was also in despair. I know she came from, you know, not such a, a, a great relationship. A lot of the women that reach out to her, same thing, either they're not in one and want to be in one or they're in one and not happy. Um, and and again, uh, we always talk about that it always starts within yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I know that you you know you wrote this book, and it's uh, called <laughs> Refocus on Power. Can you tell yep. us a little bit about it and just like a summary of kind of what you cover in it and and um,
2: and you know I guess
1: what the main premise is behind like what you
2: do and so so the main premise of the book in short is kind of like you're saying Mike. Self-worth, self worth, self self work, work on self. Self worth is a muscle. That's all it. It's all wiring. I, I mean, it, this is my viewpoint here. I'm like, I, when I talk to people, I'm like, don't let anyone tell you differently. It's a wiring, like a muscle. For example, you can have the confidence you can bench press 300 pounds if you've done your time and clocked in your work. You can't read about bench pressing 300 pounds. You can't conceptualize it. You have to work out, or you don't. And if you start working out, you have the right workout. Well, you build that self worth because you build your ability, conditioned to lift that kind of weight, and that's what allows you to feel really great about yourself from a physical standpoint. As far as when it comes to like an emotional standpoint, it's it's really the same thing. I, I, again, I like to talk in a very common sense way here. Like when I when I will speak to somebody, I'll say, "Listen, I go isn't it true in your life when you had a when you had a situation that's very difficult and you wanted to put yourself on the line with that partner?" That you're that you're dating and you want to take the relationship to the next level, or you're concerned that they're not quite on the same page as you, isn't it true? The only reason why you procrastinated and waited to have that conversation is only because you are afraid, or were afraid, of how you might feel, and how long that might last if you don't get the answer you want. And they always say, "Of course." I said, "Well, what if you had the ability?" I'm, I'm not, I'm not making to, I, this is what I tell them, like, not that I'm going to make into a robot, but what if you had the, the conditioning to know that even no matter what they told you, your ability to bounce back that day, like Captain fucking America, you put your hand up, raise it in victory. What if you knew if you stuck with some specific tools I taught you, by the end of the day, you'd say, you know what, not too shabby, pretty good considering. If you knew you had that as a skill, as a muscle more accurately, would you still fear that conversation? And the answer, of course, is
1: no, yeah.
2: no, no. So someone's ability to wire strength to their brain like a muscle to reduce that refractory period is a very real thing. That's what neuroplasticity is. So in the end of the day, I teach a process to make that a touch a taste, feel it experience. It doesn't mean someone doesn't get knocked down. I'm a human being, just like everyone else. It just means their ability to bounce back is something that is actually controllable in a very way. And again, if you have that for the first time in your life, you can live and love fearlessly because you have nothing to fear. Again, it doesn't mean you don't get knocked down. It just means you don't stay there. And again, I like I like analogies because analogies are really simple. It's like I, I tell people, I have someone working with me that has said they've gone through many abusive relationships for many, many years. And maybe they even maybe even point to like, you know, childhood trauma, right? They say, oh, you know, it's been like this since I was a kid, you know, I've I've never learned this, never learned that, and had these situations. When I was 10 years old. I'm like, well, listen, well, let's 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 really look at things in a very obvious way here. Your brain grows and strengthens like a muscle if you have the right workout so if you never worked out your muscles your whole life right since you were a kid and now you're in your 40s 50s or whatever you are if you don't work out your muscles your whole life obviously they'd be small right obviously be vulnerable getting hurt but is that because they you have a muscle deficiency small muscle syndrome childhood muscle trauma or is the truth you just never went to the fucking gym you tell me that's ridiculous they just never went to the gym so so basically that book is teaching people the foundation, obviously working with me directly is much, much better, but gives them at least a foundation of a process to make that a true practical experience to strengthen this like they would a muscle. Again, it doesn't mean they don't fall down. It just means that they can get back up much quicker. And again, probably one of my best analogies is like the workout analogy. If I, like I'm in pretty good shape, you know, I, I work, I lift weights, I do a lot of things, but I'm not conditioned to run a marathon. If I try to run a marathon today, I would fucking kill myself because I'm not conditioned that way. That doesn't mean I have the potentiality. It just means I've never actually invoked what I'm capable of. But if I got a proven workout and preferably if had a coach working directly with me, well, you know what? Maybe in a couple of months, I could run that marathon. But unlike if I ran now where I'd hurt myself and not be able to walk, or maybe even hurt myself for several weeks, if I trained first and had the proven workout, well, maybe in a couple of months, I could run that marathon for the first time because I'm finally conditioned that way. But the real cold part is, after I ran that marathon for the first time, maybe not the next day, but maybe two or three days later, I can run again because my muscles are conditioned to bounce back. Most people don't have that emotionally. That's when they fall flat on their face throughout for the count for months or even years. And the worst part is, they do the exact opposite of what I teach. They go into, I mean, fill in the blank here. If you don't use it, you lose it, it. right? But if you use it, you grow it, you strengthen it. These people go to these classic healing you know, centers like you know, where... Hey, tell me about your problem. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. There's no final release. All they're doing is strengthening, growing the wrong muscle. The fear muscle, the sadness muscle, the despair muscle, the he betrayed me muscle. So obviously, it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. Is it possible certain people are being brought to the wrong gym in their life? But at the end of the day, the process is teaching people a practical way to build that resiliency. And that's a, the that's a bottom line. You know, you do people a lot of posts. Pardon? I was just saying, people do not have to suffer.
1: I agree. I agree. You know, there's been times in our relationship where we'll get mad at each other over something. And Mm -hmm. there used to be this long, uh, and you call it the refractory period, right? Where it's the bounce back, right? Being back to kind of back to happy, good, chilled out versus being angry, sad, upset. And I would say that um, we conditioned each other to where over time, uh, in a sense, by helping each other through this, like, listen, we can either continue to be mad at each other for the next four or five hours and go to separate rooms and, you know, just <laughs> out about it. And, you know, and, right, or we can literally reset right now. And, and, and realizing that you really do have that ability. I know so many people, I would say most people think that their un- emotions are uncontrollable. That their emotions control them, but in reality, your mind controls your emotions. And mm-hmm. learning that that you actually have that power and you can change the way you feel, it might take a few minutes. It might take refocusing, right? On on the good yeah. positive things and the great what you're grateful for, but it absolutely is possible and it makes life so much better when you when you start mm-hmm. implementing that. And you, you know, taught yeah.
0: me that. I had a hard because time.
1: Because of Lance, yeah. Yeah,
0: because of you because I had a hard time because I would go in through, like through my depression phase where after we fight, I'd go to a different room. I would start crying. I would start thinking, maybe this is not it. Maybe this is not going to work out. And I would yeah. spend four or five hours of wasted time where I could have been happy just being sad and depressed. But now Mike, over time, he kept telling me that and I kept conditioning myself to the point where my bounce back is very fast now.
1: Yeah, because ultimately what would happen is after every time we would make up, I would go, Hey, remember four hours ago. Yeah. And like, now that we've made up, remember that last four hours of time that we just spent like that. Do you know that you had the ability to be right here four hours ago? And so then now when we're in the, in the middle of the fight, we both that, that, Part of our brain kind of clicks on and we're both like this is stupid we know that we can be over this in a heartbeat if we want to be but right? we also
0: did a lot yeah. of work on each other on how we communicate because that was a huge thing because our tone of voice in the beginning you were fighting from a more logical standpoint i was fighting from a no- more emotional standpoint so i guess like when we once we educated ourselves more we were able to approach each other in a more respectful way where mm-hmm. our war or when we were arguing there was an much to make up for.
1: Yeah, know. they're not as nasty as they used to be yeah. for sure. And uh just to put it, you know, to be real, but <laughs> they used to
0: be nasty. They were nasty. They were... And
1: and and I think that a big part of it is is the ability to <laughs> refocus and to harness the control of of your emotions and put things in perspective and um, you know, and get it together. <laughs> so, you know, you you've obviously trained uh, uh uh and coached so many different walks of life. I mean, mm-hmm. old, young, you know, probably every race from multiple countries. I'm just like curious, you know, what do you think is the most common reason why somebody works with you? And how often, well, what, what do you have? What do you think is the main reason why? And then for the people that let's say are in relationships that they're unhappy in or people that are in, that are recently single and they're really hurt from the last relationship, when they institute your uh, practice and they get coached by you, how quickly do you see their life turn around and how quickly do you see them maybe moving on or meeting somebody better for themselves? I know it can vary, but like, is there an average that you kind of, you know, come up with, uh, you know, as having done this for so long?
2: Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, um, but first, of all, I just want to say, just come to both of you here, you, you both are very lucky because you both have a, a common, you know, agreement that, hey, we can do this. We're human beings, okay? We get mad for a few minutes, ten, minute, whatever. But let's make a conscious, deliberate effort to work together. I'd rather be happy than right. You know, it can be done. And so you both are very, you both are very lucky, um, that you both um have that agreement that you understand it. It's just something that you have to say. Hey, the decision is we can work on this together. We don't have to be miserable, and we can hit that reset button as long as we stick with it. And yeah. I think, I think what makes it even better is like when people realize it's like. You know, like, and I'll say the biggest, hur- the, one of the biggest hurdles, I always tell people when they work with me, you can't fuck this up. I swear to God, may God shut me down. This is not true here. You do what I ask you do, first week and you'll have an experience that is indisputable, indisputable. It'd be, it'd be literally impossible not to have an experience the way you feel even the first week of May, because we're going we're gonna to literally leverage your body's biochemistry, do something you could have done all along, but I'm going to help you do it. But, um, but I tell people, ironically, one of the biggest things will really open up and accelerate you, don't try to be fucking perfect. I tell people, I'm like, I'm a human being just like you. I have, I feel all the emotions. I feel feel the full array. I just don't stay in the shitty ones. You have to lie yourself to be a human being. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, I give people like examples just to really hit this home because ironically, one of the biggest things that really keep people from moving the pace they could is they try to be perfect. They don't realize, dude, you live like this for fucking decades. Don't you think it's going to take a little time to undo decades? And I'll tell people like this story, for example, I'm like, let's hear where I'm at in Miami. You know, I just give this story as an example. It's like I teach this program, and I'm not trying to make it sound like you know this is some perfectionist ambition, but like you know, you know Miami pretty well, obviously. And like I, I was uh, taking my little scooter bike, you know, my little standing scooter goes a little too fast down, you know, um, uh, Rickenbacker Causeway, whatever that whole area. And uh, this group of bikers, you know how they are; they can be like little gangs, right? One guy came right right next to me, like like try to nudge me off the thing, and and, and I've fallen off that thing before, and it hurts badly. So when that happened to me. Do you think I just in a second rebounced back and said, you're one of God's creatures. God bless you. No, I said, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> like you piece <laughs> of shit. I mean, of course, we're, we're, you know, we're, people forget we're supposed, like for example, anger gets a bad rap. Anger is actually a great emotion. Anger can defend you. Anger can help you stand up for your rights. It's only bad when you don't know how to get out of it. But anger is a wonderful emotion used consciously and deliberately. So one of the biggest things that really, I, I was telling you, you work with me and to answer your question, people, I have people saying they're having some of the best weeks and months or even years, even the first week, because they're, re- they're recognizing they had this potentiality all along. Again, they just never went to the gym. Now I've had people that are harder, but everybody moves in the first week, everybody. The only way they would not move is if they don't follow instructions. And sure. Do I get those people sometimes? Absolutely. I'll get some from time to time. They just can't stop their Their dog from being their homework. And I'll tell people and they even start me to listen, I am a coach. I am a different kind of personal trainer and I'm going to bring you to a different kind of gym, but we could take any coach on planet earth. I could be Michael Jordan. I could be Andre Agassi. At the end of the day, we're co-creators. I give you the workout. You got to do it. If you don't do it, I'm just going to go like this. Yeah. But if someone does it, they can't fuck it up. It's impossible. But if people really recognize the truth of their situation, they're literally, they've lived a certain way for so many years and they're undoing decades. It's like, dude, if you're starting, if 100 pounds is not your current starting point, wonderful. Let's get you to 110 or 120 this week. That can, that's absent in the cards. You're not gonna get to 300. You're not gonna, be gonna die long in week one, but we can get some real momentum that is measurable. So um, that's probably one of the biggest things here. But when, yeah, but when people work with me, I tell them, because it's true, if you do what I put in front of you, it would be impossible not to feel a difference in the first week. Again, doesn't mean everything's fixed, just like in a workout, but hey, 100 is that starting point. That's the analogy. Hey, we can definitely get you to 110 or 120 first week. Next week, 130, 140. Every week, the keywords I tell people are better. Faster, quicker, stronger, like a muscle, same thing. But everyone works, at the end of the day, everyone's working for the same reason. They wanna feel better. They're tired of getting their hand burned on the stove. They're tired of being afraid of their future relationships. And for the record, even though I, I know I come across as very masculine on this call here, at the current time, at least 60% of my, my clients are, are women, maybe more. <laughs> so, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all about that, you know, I, it's all about developing that resiliency. So it, it is a workout. But um, everyone comes in for the same reason. They're just tired of getting their hand burned on that emotional hot stove over and over and over and over again. They wanna feel better. And they understand if you feel better, you speak better. You feel better, you make better decisions. You feel better, you don't say and do things you should not say or do. That's what breaks the pattern. But everyone comes to that that final core. I wanna feel better, I don't wanna sabotage, I want better communications, but if they want that, They first have to feel better. That's the crux for everything they want. And I tell people, listen, at the end of the day, that partner, if that's what you're trying to work on, I can't guarantee or promise what they're going to do or not do. That person does have free will. (laughs) But I will shift the odds massively in your favor. Because when you feel good, you speak at a different level. You become much more the kind of person people want to be and the kind of person people want to be around. I mean, who would you rather fight for? Version A of you that you're at now or a version of you that's not so far away? This This is what shifts the odds in your favor. But everyone comes to me to feel better. That's the real bottom line. Yes, everyone, a lot of them, people do have the desire to shift the odds in their relationship, work things out. I'm like, listen, I, I go, I'll shift the odds in your favor more than anyone on planet earth. Because again, if you address the emotional core, you become much more of a relationship worth working on. The decision mean relationship is definitely not intellectual. It's emotional. If you want to work on it, great. But you first have to become that person. But they need to understand it, that to become that person is not a concept. You can't fake it till you make it. You either feel good or you don't. So that's, that's why everyone comes to me at the end.
1: Very interesting. You know, I, I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm always blown away by what you do because there's so much doubt in it, right? Like, and the reason why I feel like there's so much doubt in it is that not only were people conditioned that way for, you know, a long time, right? Years and decades and so forth. But Mm -hmm. in addition to that, you know, there's, there's just, Like when you're conditioned that way, that long, your brain will trick you in making you believe that it's not possible to feel better. And Mm -hmm. I even fall back into this slump sometimes too, where, you know, last year, my back had gone out pretty bad and I wasn't able to Mm -hmm. run, wasn't able to work out. And by not working out, it also essentially really um, hurt me uh, because, hold on one second, I'm sorry, let me restart this thought. Can you hear any of the background noise at all? I know. Uh, I didn't think you could. Just yeah. Bottom. So don't worry about it because okay. like, you keep looking over here. I can see you. <laughs> She's distracting me. We'll cut this out. But like
0: <laughs> you know, cleaning the tree.
1: Yeah, he's literally cutting the tree down while we're doing this. But if you can't hear anything, okay. then we're good. Okay. So um, Great. perfect. So I didn't think he could. So back to my point was the human brain will convince you that it's impossible to feel better, or it's impossible to get out of the same um, toxicity that you've been going through in relationships. <clears throat> it's impossible to get out of the same job that you've been doing forever. It's impossible to improve yeah. anything about yourself. And and even having disproven that to myself so many times throughout the years, right, where I've been uh-huh. in slumps, and then get back on my, you know, my my program and get my head right and really start working, And on my mind, my spirit, you know, my body, you, you can change the entire way you feel within minutes, if you do the work and, and also at least within days, you know what I mean? It's very fast, but when you're stuck in that slump, you're stuck in that dark hole, which we call it sometimes, you know, you kind of get into a dark hole where your, your mind, your thoughts just kind of keep going down in a spiral of all these negative things. Mm-hmm. your brain will try to convince you that it's not possible. You're never going to get better. You're going to keep contracting that same type of person. You're not going to meet the person that you were meant to meet. You know, you're not going to get that job you want to get. You're never going to be happy. You're not good enough. You're not going to get that raise. And uh-huh. the brain's really good at doing that, you know, and because like to your point, our brains, our minds are weak because we don't work out that muscle. We don't refocus on what we need to and make it an exercise. And so we're blowing in the wind with the, with, with the external things that are happening throughout the day and, and we can't gain control of it. And so I guess I'm just saying that I understand the skepticism around this kind of stuff working because the brain is literally telling you it's job the ego is comfort. It doesn't want to change. It wants to keep you exactly where you are, but I'm just here to tell everybody that I am living proof, you know, with working with plants that I was able to go from a weak minded individual and completely turn my life around and get out of toxic relationships. And by refocusing, make more money than I've ever made, meet the woman of my dreams. And it's all possible. It's just a matter Mm -hmm. of, like you said, putting in the work. You can't fake this. It takes significant work every single day. And it's not like it's the most tedious thing in the world, but it is work. It takes work to put in every day to feel good. Because if I stop doing certain things in my life, I can get away with a day or two I can let like the residual effects of all the work I've done kind of, you know, carry me through a couple days of not doing work. But like the second, third day of not working on myself, all of a sudden I start to go back to default, negativity, negative thoughts start coming in. All of a sudden fights become easier. I'm triggered easier. You know, so like, it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is just, it's constant work. It's constant development. It never ends, but I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. Uh, A good, uh, a buddy of mine said to me one time, he had built a big business and he, um, he had retired from it. And I was actually in a similar position at the time. And I was so depressed and not motivated to work because I had kind of achieved the financial goal that I wanted to, and I didn't have to work anymore. So I was having a really hard time becoming passionate about working again. and. I met this other guy who had retired from this company, young guy. And you would think, right, well, how ungrateful, right? Like I am for being in that position. Like you should be grateful. You know what I mean? But as a man, we're, we're driven by our purpose. And if you don't have purpose, you're going to end up being miserable. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you can only do nothing for so long until you don't feel good. So anyway, I met this guy that had, had been in the same position he had retired, but then he was telling me he was working on like four different businesses at once. He's like, yeah, I retired you know, I kind of got bored with it. So I ended up, you know, starting these three or four businesses and now I'm doing this, 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 and that. And I said, man, like, how'd you do it? You know, like, how did you, like, how did you get the motivation? He said, you know what, Mike, I decided that not doing anything made me feel miserable. Um, and working made me feel good. Being productive made me feel good. So although working was more work, it, it it felt like less work because I felt better every single day versus just doing nothing and sitting around and, and just letting myself feel like crap. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to choose. The point of the story is you have to choose. I can either do <laughs> nothing and feel miserable every single day and continue the pattern that I've been in, or I can do a little bit of work on myself every day and then yeah. the rest of my life can get better. And if you were to give me the two options, right? most people I would say 90 plus percent of people choose the I'll do nothing and just let life happen to me and see how it goes. And then there's that small percentage of people that are like, no, I'm going to do the work every day. And regardless of what happens on the outside, I'm going to feel good and not life's not going to be perfect, but I'm able to better control my emotions, control my mindset and get what I want in life. I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great
1: yeah i mean so like most people that come to you are heartbroken then is that the number one reason why people come see you
2: heartbroken just don't feel good feel just completely lost about the future they just they just feel like they don't have that control there's like what's what's the point
0: when you were a relationship coach was there like a common like pattern of what people like were lacking and what they needed more help on when it comes to relationships?
2: <clears throat> yeah it, when i was doing that the more common theme was well i want to meet people how do i handle what's the communication strategy you know like how would i how would i handle these conversations how would i go about these social interactions so it was it was it was mostly focused on conversational
0: okay
2: if, that, if that's what you're asking yeah like but the problem is again you can you can have all the best conversation techniques but if you don't feel so good you don't feel confident then that's kind of worth about this
1: <laughs> yeah i mean because when I talked to Lance, you know, it was more about the approach. Like, what do you say when you approach a woman? What, what is mm-hmm. the conversation? What are the talking points to bring up? How do you build attraction? Oh. Right. But, and, and so and he was the master at it. And uh, I'm sure you still are. Okay. Uh, but you know, there's. I was better than most. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really was. And, uh, and I, got <laughs> I got to see for myself and work in action. It's yeah. yeah, very good. And so essentially, um, he was training a bunch of uh, young men on how to do this and older men, I'm sure. But, you know, he was training a lot of guys on how to do this. But then the problem was that that's all smoke and mirrors. You might be able to get a girl attracted to you. You might be able to get them even to bed per se, but then once they find out who you really are, do they actually stay? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the other thing is that all that approach is just filling a void. You know, you're just, you're by trying, it's just another addiction. It's whether it's alcohol or it's drugs, or it's women, or anything external other than inside yourself, you're just searching for something that you feel a lack of on the inside. Maybe you're seeking validation, you're seeking companionship. Um, ultimately, all these feelings we can feel within ourselves, you know, and especially, you know, with, with what we believe, which is, you know, we're faith in God. But it's like, there's, so, so I think where what you're saying, Lance, is, you know, you were helping these guys, but it really didn't solve the problem. It might have fixed one entry point but it didn't really solve the the, so where for you you know was it like the light turned on where you're like I know I could have a much bigger impact than I'm having with these guys because I know it started with men before it went to Mm -hmm. women right because the women kind of came after you started your now pro what's the main program you have now that you you sell
2: refocus on happiness
1: refocus on happiness on
2: happiness yeah and
1: that's where you started to I believe bring a lot more of the women in but like what was the what was the, I guess, the big aha moment for you where you went from being this relationship coach that was more focused on approach and helping these guys build attraction to, you know what, now I really want to, you know, help these men and women in all regards and get, you know, their emotional state in balance. And what do you think was that like that moment for you and and what got you so passionate about it?
2: I don't want to disappoint you. I don't know if I had an aha moment. I just think it was a transition. <laughs> it was just I obvious i don't i think i think it was just i think it was just a organic flow where like you know, when i was you know working with this other you know coaches years ago i was still doing what i'm doing now but that was not the major focus and it just became a transition like i just became really passionate and just saw these consistent patterns of like let's get you feeling better first so you can you can do that but i don't think it was an aha moment i mean i think i think the only i mean if you want to, i mean i don't know if it would call one specific aha moment i just realized at a certain point i was really good at this one thing you know, I was good as a dating coach. I was good, but they were better. But I was really great at this. I was really great at showing people a practical way to control the way they feel, the way they bounce back. I mean, I was awesome at it. So it just, I was like, I'm super good at this. I really enjoy it. And I'd rather just spend my time coaching something that I know I'm the best at. Something I'm super passionate about. And and I was like, I'm giving people real freedom. You know, like, um, so I don't know if it's like a special aha moment. Just, it was just a natural, you know, transition. Term, like this is what I like. This is what I enjoy doing.
1: Is there anything that you could any like tips that you could give if somebody doesn't buy your program, right, or somebody that doesn't work with you? Is there any small tips you could give them in general on some ways that practically they can start to improve their mental strength and um, maybe start reshaping in the way they feel on a day. Or basis? even getting
0: over like a heartbreak or divorce
1: right any any just like i you know i don't want you to give away too much because i know part of what you do obviously is coaching and and the devils are in the details but any any broad strokes you can give
2: so so as far as so so as far as that mental strength part i would have to give them the workout that's not a two-second conversation that's there's some real mechanics in there and you know so that would be very hard to answer very quickly however I can give something that i think is awesome i so when people do my program i, I teach them the conditioning process but i give them like what i call a bonus tool and this tool is fucking amazing i mean like i would say if someone really committed me to tell you here they would get the cost of emission. i just want to make sure it's clear this is not what i teach people this is not the main reason why people engage me i just consider it like a bonus here so like when i have people when i have people work with me you know a lot of people are going through that emotional emotional roller coaster and they want to feel better so that's why i teach them the process but I also have a lot of people that while they're going through it, they're also having problems with anxiety where they're like, just, they're just all day long. They're just feeling incredibly, incredibly anxious. They're just, they're just an autopilot the whole day through. And I'll say, listen, you're not going to work on this process. You can start feeling better about you really build that confidence muscle from the ground up, just like you would in the gym. But I can give you something. I'll tell them, I can give you something right now that can make a massive difference on your anxiety level. So I can teach you, I can give you some on that really, really quickly and and maybe I don't know if I taught you this before, Mike, but I probably, I think I'm pretty, actually, I'm pretty sure I did at some level here. So when people when so I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical person, never claimed to be, but I have tons of those people do this program and I've never had do my program. And I've never had someone debate me or argue me on what I'm about to tell you here. In my personal professional experience, when people feel anxiety, it's nothing more than a chemical imbalance that is created simply by not watching their breathing and their movement. So when someone gets very anxious, think about it, a classic anxious person, they're breathing a lot of oxygen, they're not really controlling their exhale, they're really creating a chemical imbalance by not having enough of a release. They're just breathing, breathe in, breathe in like like you know, a classic anxious person. So if we if you force that person who's feeling really anxious to do the exact opposite of what they're doing by doing an inhale for four and then a nice exhale for 10 that person would literally be doing, would literally be doing the exact opposite of what an anxious person does. And that would actually help to create a natural tranquilizer effect in their body, using their body's biochemistry, super simple. It just requires discipline to do it. But the second part, and maybe you remember this one because I know we had this conversation like years ago, the second thing, and the real secret to this: there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote, breathing techniques out there, but I also make sure people understand why that is so important that just doing the exact opposite. But the real secret is the second part. If someone is finding themselves very anxious, they're going through a breakup, they're in a you know a challenge of some sorts. Maybe they're just anxious because of their waiting game. Do the breathing, but then, and by the way, notice. Do you notice I'm speaking a little slower, a little bit more consciously and deliberately? The only way when people are in autopilot, they're just going through the motions. They're not in command of their command center. But if someone catches themselves being very anxious and they make a conscious, deliberate effort, whatever they're doing. To do it slower, the only way you can do that is if you take control of your command center, your brain, and that by definition takes you out of autopilot. So just by doing the breathing, coupled with um, uh, doing whatever you're doing slower, like if you're driving going 60, go to go to 55. You I remember you and I are in Vegas, right? You're walking really fast. Stop. Stop in the middle of the room. Like in, like really take back control. Those two things alone will make a massive, massive difference in the way someone feels from that anxiety perspective. And again, I'm not a doctor, or a medical person, but I've had tons of those people take the program, and I've never had someone finish the full program and have that person tell me, including doctors, tell me they think depression or anxiety is actually still a real thing.
0: Oh.
2: So that's one thing you—that's one thing anybody can do if they're going through a really anxious moment. You do that right away out of the gate, and that'll give that person some relief because again, they're they're literally forcing themselves to leverage your body's biochemistry to literally create a natural tranquilizer effect. So that will help right away. That won't give them the muscle. They had good, they got to. They gotta do their workout. There's no shortcuts there. You gotta do your workout. And that's that's what I teach people. But the, the the thing I just gave is something anyone can do that um you can you could put into effect today. And you know truth is most people they talk about being here, present, you know, in the now. Most people have no idea what the fuck that even means. <laughs> that's actually a real practical way to do that and experience it and feel it. So that's that's something someone can do that's easy to you know um give prescribe.
1: It. I can attest to the fact that it works because right before this meeting, I was in back-to-back meetings all day since about 6 a.m. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, full of anxiety, had to get ready as quickly as I could for this, you know, rushing, rushing, rushing. And until you said that, I was still pretty anxious. And then I literally started (laughs) doing that breathing as you said it. And I swear to God, I started to feel way better, you know, just way more relaxed because, the fact that I just became conscious of my breath, doing four seconds in, 10 seconds mm-hmm. out, and just even focusing on it, even three, four good breaths right there, I just instantly yeah. started to feel so much relief. So, oh, I mean, it, it definitely works. And you're right. When we were in Vegas, and then you would force me to yeah. walk way slower <laughs> than I normally yeah. do, because that's another sign yeah. of anxiety is walking really fast. I got to be, I got to go. It's like, where are you going? Yeah. Like, what are you in a rush for? Like, what, what, you know, what, like, and then when you slow down, And you are present you realize how much more beautiful life really is and you can Mm -hmm. really start to see life in slow motion because you're seeing things happen way before they happen because you're not stuck Mm -hmm. in your head you're not thinking about where you're going or what you're going to do you're just thinking about the Mm present moment and uh thank you that's that's very good good advice very good practical advice anybody can do right away to um start to feel better you know when it comes to anxiety
2: um there's a, there's a more there's a slightly more advanced version of that technique you can you can add a nice little verbal to yourself say it's hey, so where the fuck are you rushing to where what's what's the hurry murray where are you going to kind of make yourself laugh and lighten yourself up a bit most people take themselves so seriously it's like where, where are you rushing to what's the rush what is the world going to shut down if you don't get there in five minutes come on man and i'm i'm very just adding a little, adding like a little that levity it. to also adds too
1: I'm a very prompt person so when I'm running late, I really let it get to me so you know I need to, I need to definitely be better about that you know so
2: I, I am I am too but every once in a while it, things happen right I mean I, I I'm like you I'm very I like to be very prompt, very professional every once in a while something just like for example, if, if I'm if I have a, like a meeting like and I'm currently with a client and that client is unloading a really sensitive you know like really tough moment in their life. I can't, ab- I can't abruptly end it in there. I, I'm like, you know what? I'm to stay here. I'm, I'm just, I'll apologize to the next person. I can't stop them when they're in that unloading process. I try to, I try to do the call. I've been doing this a long time. I try to do the call so I can make sure those kind of things happen earlier, but every once in a while, just something happens at the end. And like all sense, like I got to call them three minutes, but they're, they're crying and like, I can't, I, I, I'm going to have to be, you know, human being here. And just focus here, and and hopefully the other person will understand. Because I would do the same for them. So, look, I, I I'm like you. I try to be super professional on time, but every once in a while, you know, something happens, and when that happens, you know what? I could stress about it. Is that going to help me? <laughs> and ironically, you know, I mean, you're you'll just you'll just make things even worse, you know. Like I, I mean, I got, I do have a lot of doctors do the program. I'm like, listen, if you're running really late to your next, you know, surgery, you know, if you run to that, if you literally run over there and you're just rushing, 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 you just you might forget something, you know, you know. I know it's not ideal, but you actually will benefit by slowing yourself down. You might realize, oh my god, you know what? I, 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 need to do this before I go. It just, it, it. In the long term, it, it benefits everybody by taking your time. Not to mention, life is not enjoyable when you rush like that. So I get what you're saying, but you know, it happens from time to time. It happens to the best of us. And if you still like you say, you know what? It is what it is. I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna stay as best as I can, centered in this moment. You'll realize that when you go to your meeting, you'll do a better job. You know, you'll have you'll have a you'll you'll engage at a better level, even if you're 10 minutes late. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, you'll 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 do great. You'll do better than you would have done. You'll serve better than you would have done by doing this. So I, mean, I get what you're, you're saying, saying but there. like it, it happens.
0: Yeah. You're anyways going to be late. Might as well take your time at that point. Yeah.
2: You're right. You're right. It's like, I'm sorry. You know, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not normally late. You know that, but at this point you're going to serve the other person by allowing yourself that extra little breather, you know, before you show up in the next room, they're going to get a better version of you. So in the end you are serving them. It's like, for example, if I have a client and I have a situation like the one I just told you after I got the call, could I rush and get on the next call right away? Sure. But if I gave myself an extra two minutes, I'm late anyway. I gave myself an extra two minutes, allowed myself some kind of emotional reset. Maybe I put either the song I like to listen to a lot before I coach. It's kind of my, like a coaching theme song. If I give myself one round to listen to that first for three minutes, I'm going to be in such a better state when I start the next call. They benefit. Yeah, you're right. So also, I'm going to bank I- on the fact that...
1: What's that?
0: No, I also wanted to talk to you about, um, like for my listeners, because Mike always has flashcards. So I just wanna, and he obviously got that from you. So I just want my listeners to you know understand why it's so important and why everybody should have flashcards or a vision board or anything like you guys both have it on your keynotes, right? Yeah mm-hmm. So why is it so important to have that?
2: Well, I mean, the simple answer is, you know, the people that really live life at the level they want whether it's, you know, whether it's in their, and again, just they're happy, they feel good, whether it's in their love, health, or wealth across the board. If you really look at those people, they dominate their focus. They are in charge. The problem is most people don't dominate their focus. Most people get fucking dominated and their whole day, they are at the mercy of their external world. So the, the, and again, you can't just take any cue cards here. (laughs) Mike knows this here, but if you have the right ones that really serve you to help you dominate your focus, you're going to live a much better life, a much more enjoyable one. But it's, you know, every day every day people have a choice. You can either be dominated by the world around you, your external world, or you can choose to dominate. And if you dominate, life is a lot more enjoyable. So those cards are a way of doing that. And again, you can't just, the challenge is you can't just take anything, put anything in a card. It has to be something that you really can connect to emotionally, where it's real and not bullshit. Otherwise, it's just fucking words. But if you have that prompter that you really can't connect to and you know it's true, that is going to allow you to keep, strong and dominate your focus, even if there's, even if you're in the midst of an emotional hurricane. But that's, that's really the the idea is just really simply that, Hey, I'm going to be in charge of my thoughts today.
1: There's also the stacking element, you know, and there's also the element of these things are always changing. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like you said, not just reviewing flashcards. It's, it's, they have to be built in a specific way. They change continuously mm-hmm. depending on what you're working on, what you need to work yep. on more in depth, Um, because it will change, you know, I've realized in life that the things I've focused on, um, historically that I thought would make me happy, or I thought would fulfill me when actually they come into fruition, it's not actually what I wanted. And those, you know, what I end up focusing on ends up getting revised, you know, and revised because you realize certain things aren't as important as you thought they once were. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an ever evolving thing you know but um, absolutely
2: you know, that's too that's it's such an interesting point
1: you know we uh the whole reason this podcast was started is you know i mean maybe Ans you want to tell him a little bit about, about why you started this and because i just want to see what his take is on the whole femininity masculinity thing because we haven't really asked him about that but i want him to kind of get the context of why where you kind of came from because i don't know if he's heard it before but how you got into this and why this became important and i just want to hear lance's feedback because it's I think it's outside the usual realm of what he deals with so i just want to get his you know his his feedback on it
0: well the reason why i started this and how it came to be what it is is that my whole life i was conditioned to stay in my masculine energy just because i was only taught feminism in my life independent you're strong you don't need a man meant you can do everything by yourself and I had that for my upbringing because my parents got separated and then my mom started to really hate men because of how it happened and then I got conditioned by it. So I just thought, okay, like I'm just going to make my money and I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life because I can do everything by myself. But of course, deep down inside, I didn't want that. I wanted a family. I wanted a marriage. I wanted to find the right person. I wasn't finding the right person. That's why I hated all men. And then when I met Mike, which was healthy, you know, he was really, he journaled, meditated, did his flashcards, worked out every day. You
2: you hit the jackpot. Mike's an awesome guy. Yeah, he is.
0: But slowly I realized that when I was with him and he was healthy and we would fight a lot, even when he would apologize, even though I was in the wrong, I created a lot of chaos in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And for six months, it was pure chaos. And I didn't understand what was wrong. I started reading self-sabotage books. I started reading all these different books, but nothing really helped me because there was still something missing. And we were in Europe and Mike just kind of like got fed up. And I knew that Mike was the person for me. He's everything that I prayed to God for. And I was realizing maybe I am the problem. Why is this not working out for me? So I had two choices. It's either, okay, we break up and then I'm just gonna keep repeating this with the next guy. Or this is my person. I realize this is my person. It's time for me to change. And he gave me that wake up call where he's like, whoa, like I'm the man and you are supposed to be the feminine woman. And I didn't understand what feminine was, what femininity was. It was really a foreign language to me. But once he said that, you know, like I started really getting into it and I started taking courses, <coughs> and I started reading books and I started realizing that. I was a narcissist and I would gaslight him. And I was very in my masculine energy and I wanted to claim dominance and I wanted to be the alpha female and I wanted to control him and him being Hmm. the alpha male and him being super in his masculine energy. We bumped heads a lot. So once I started reading the books and taking different courses, I started stepping into my feminine energy. And of course it was uncomfortable to me because I had to submit control and I had to be like, okay, I have to be okay with receiving rather than always giving. So I started realizing that our um, relationship started changing for the better because I was able to relax in my feminine energy, and he saw significant mm-hmm. change. And then when I started talking about it on social media more and started posting the books that I was reading, everybody was like, "Whoa, like, what is this? Like, what what are you doing? What are you reading?" And I realized that there was a, this whole <clears throat> in society where. Women right now with the music that we listen to, with the shows that we watch, with what we see on social media, it's very like, mm. okay, um, if you 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 know if you love your husband, if you treat your husband well, if you're compassionate, if you're nurturing, if you show that side, you're weak. And I realized that a lot of women, we struggled in relationships because we weren't operating in our innate energy. We were operating in an energy that was foreign to us, and that's why it wasn't working out. So then I started creating um, an Instagram page called Bring Back Femininity and so many people started following it and then we created this podcast about Bring Back Femininity and it just blew up and I realized that, you know, so many women are looking for this and they love obviously Mike's perspective because he explains Mm. the masculine side. But do you agree with or do you believe in the
2: both energies oh I, absolutely and it's it's important to have both actually for the record um i, I and i have to say I've, I've never heard i've never had somebody heard be so open and honest about recognizing them being the problem like i mean even the words you chose like you realize you were doing some narcissistic stuff gaslighting and like i've, I've never i mean that's really admire that you're just so open and aware of what you were doing and we'll, being willing to um Do something about it. That's super awesome. Yeah, Yeah, and I can can see why. (laughs) What's that? I met a winner too. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I I can I can see why a lot of people are gravitating towards your message because um it's the right one. You know, I mean, um, and I have to say, if you you ever did um, I mean, uh, you ever do a a Tony Robbins date with destiny? No. Um, you guys, you guys should do that. It's really enjoyable, and I'd say. He probably does one of the best, you know, kind of overall understandings of that femininity, masculinity balance. And really, he, he, I mean, he is his, his, uh, for that event, it's really spectacular. He talks a lot about, like, for example, like really maintaining, really maintaining, embracing the right energy. Like, don't try to be, fem, you know, women should not be masculine, men should not be, you know, it's just talk about how things just got so fucked up, you know, and, uh, um, but no, that's a very real thing. We're, you know, we have our divine innate nature. That we're designed to be. And when you try to go beyond how you're designed, it doesn't, that doesn't work out very well. I mean, great example that he talks about, you know, in the um in the event date with destiny. Again, super great event. He talks about how men um do not want um what's the word? He goes, he goes, they want, we don't want instructions. We don't want, we don't want, oh, we, he goes, he goes, we don't want critiques. He goes, the easiest way to kill a relationship is critique your man. And it's like, he's so right. I mean, it's like, that's the easiest way to just like, you start critiquing, that's just destroying that man's masculinity, which is going to destroy that, that, that balance in the relationship. But no, that's, I mean, looking, I think it's important. I think it's important for everybody that there's, you know, a masculinity, there's a femininity, we all need to embrace it at some level, but men should be men. <laughs> women should be women. You Know that doesn't mean you can't be a strong fucking Wonder Woman or a strong fucking superman. It just means ultimately in the, the day, you know, you have this, you know, this energy you're born with, and you should embrace it. Like that's we're we're designed a certain way. You know, we're designed, we're designed to feel all the array of emotions. Why would we fight how we're designed to be? They they all serve us, they just serve us when we don't have an understanding of what the benefits are. But no, I, I'm I'm totally on board with all that. But um, if you if you both I mean, I think the best training I've ever come across as far as really a true understanding that that masculine feminine energy and the balance and what really makes a beautiful couple is probably, um, again, i I know, uh, Tony's not here, <laughs> but Tony Robbins day with destiny is spectacular. He has like a, almost like a full day dedicated to that. Wow, you, really? you both enjoy it. It's super good.
1: Yeah. We should check it out. I mean, um, yeah. I
2: mean, it is Tony Robbins. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go wrong attending one of his programs. <laughs>
1: yeah. They, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think to Ange's point, you know, if you listen to any song uh, from mm-hmm. any woman rapper, you know, um, or uh, any, any music video or uh, most TV shows, um, mm-hmm. and even just what's been embedded culturally now, uh, it's all about being an independent woman, not needing a mm-hmm. man, doing everything on your mm-hmm. own, not being dependent. Um
0: Sleeping around with
1: sleeping around.
0: Many guys. yeah, mm-hmm. with
1: a bunch of dudes. and that's what this generation is learning. And it's mm-hmm. almost frowned upon that if you're going to be um, a mother you know and stay- at-home wife um, or you know be dependent on a man, right? because it's it's looked down on and and it's very unfortunate because there's a lot of great women out there. That are just operating in the wrong energy and with Ange, for her there was so much potential and i also knew she was young enough to be moldable in a sense that she would Mm -hmm. be open-minded she was always a very open-minded person um some things were harder than others to chip away at this was one of them but Mm -hmm. you know i knew that she was very smart and i knew that she was very uh willing to to learn and and be open-minded and and she proved me right times a thousand percent more than I could have imagined. I mean, she really took it and ran with it <laughs> and then started to train other women, you know, and explain to other women how it works. And and uh, I mean, it's powerful stuff. You know, women have the ability yeah. to be so powerful if they mm-hmm. operate in their feminine energy because Absolutely. men, we're helpless to it. We love feminine women and they can get away with murder if they're just act like they're fe- in their feminine self. You know, it's like they can get away with so much more. And, you know, because if, if she asked me to do something in a very sweet, nice tone, um, mm-hmm. I'll bend over backwards for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like if she tells me and she's got a tone that's more masculine and dominating and I need you to do this, this, this. It's like, you don't need me to do shit. You know, like, yeah. but yeah. if you want me to do something, and then she asks really nicely—not like I—I I don't say that to her, by the way. That's, <laughs> That's just in my thought process. I'm not an asshole, like to that degree. But it's like, um, but if she asks me, "Hey, baby, can you please do X, Y, Z whenever you get a chance?" It's like no problem, like because she's operating
2: in that that feminine self. Yeah, and ab- as absolutely. Feminine. I, I I wish all I wish all women would understand that and embrace that. That you know, being a leader and being strong. It's not mutually exclusive from being like nurturing or or these other things. You can be both. You oh, yeah. can be very strong and independent and still be nurturing and loving and and kind. They don't. They're not mutually exclusive events. And it's like you know we're all. You're always going to be so much more received when you're in your right energy. Again, you can still be strong and feminine. You can be strong and masculine. You don't have to be. It's not. They're not separate.
1: How how about even just effective? You know, like. Uh, just being effective, you know, because Mm -hmm. you can operate in the wrong energy and just be really ineffective. You won't cause, you won't create the cause that you're looking for, right? Because so what's stronger, you know, having a strong voice and telling someone what to do and not getting the result that you want, or is it stronger to come at them with a really soft voice and be really nice, you know, in the way that you ask and get the action done. You know what I'm saying? Because like a woman operates in her feminine energy, men will just literally do whatever they ask. Like we're helpless to it because it's just the way we're wired. We want, we're we're Superman. We want to feel like Superman. And if they put us up on a pedestal and make us feel like we're Superman and that we will save them and save the world, we'll literally bend over backwards to do whatever they want, you know, but it's when we're not appreciated. And when we're, uh, we're demanded things of ourselves, that's when we start to shut down. And that's when the fights start to happen, because we're not going to respond to that well. And mm-hmm. I think you're seeing a lot of that in our culture today, because a lot of even the parents, um, like the generations that, you know, my parents are in, you know, in their 60s and in 50s. And, you know, they they're looking at their children saying, Oh, well, you need to get a degree, you don't want to depend on a man, you don't want this, you don't want that. And, Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like, again, mixed with the all the music and all the the media. It's um, Mm -hmm. really putting a lot of unfair pressure on these women to be in a state that they should have never been in, in the first place. Not to say that women can't have jobs, not to say that women can't pursue a career if that's what they want to do, or, you know, uh, make great money. It's just you can still do all those things if you want, but remain in your feminine energy and let
2: the men. Absolutely, the yep. Yeah. So yeah, not, anyway. not mutually exclusive events. You can be sweet. You can be loving, but you can still you can still like. That doesn't mean you're a punching bag. That doesn't mean you would not. That doesn't mean you would not accept anything less than what you deserve. You can still be a very very high value woman and say, hey, this is the way I present. I'm fully in my feminine energy. There's no fucking way I would accept anything less than the best in life. You can you can do both. Yep. So it's one message is going to be way better received.
0: And I always tell like my listeners, because I always say like, Oh yeah. Like if you're in your feminine energy, you submit your leadership role and you just allow the man to lead. But you know, sometimes they get confused because they think like, Oh, well that, so I should just like shut up and not say anything. And it's like, no, a feminine woman knows what she deserves. Like you said. And if she, she disagrees, with what the man is saying she will tell him in a respectful way but still claiming her feminine energy so it's not i always say it's like not being a doormat like masculine men love when a woman you know speaks from her intuition and challenge challenges them emotionally and spiritually to make me to maybe influence their decision to go another way but it's all a part of like learning and growing so I just want my listeners to know that just because you're a feminine woman doesn't mean you're a yes woman or you're a doormat. It's like, that's like Ab- absolutely not. It's like, if you're, if
2: you're being taught the wrong fucking information, they're yeah. the wrong presentation skills. It's it's like, you don't have to present yourself like that to get what you want. That's that's a wrong presentation. It's like, I could take a phrase, for example, my favorite phrase is, is quote, that's not going to work for me. You could say it in a very sweet way. A woman could be like, you know, that's not going to work for me. You'd be very sweet. Like, I love you. I care about you. That's just not going to work for me. That's, I think we could all agree here. That phrase, that's not going to work for me. That's not a threatening phrase. It's not threatening. It's not masculine. It's just like, listen, that's just not going to work for me. It's like, but it's, if anything, it's vulnerable. It's from the heart. It's like, that's not, I'm not going to be okay with that. Yeah. But it's it's still firm, but it's still firm. You can still make your messages clear and still do it in in a feminine way. A man can make his messages really clear and do it in a way that's masculine. You can. There's a, there's there is a you know there's a proper way of presenting that's gonna be much more you know favorably received. But I love that phrase because that makes a really clear example. A woman could say, "That's not gonna work for me," and again, in a very sweet way. It's like I'm not threatening my. I'm not. She's not threatening her man. It's like, listen, I'm just not gonna be okay with that. And if the man does that anyway, it's like, well, he was warned <laughs> technically, but she did say it in a non-threatening way.
0: Yeah. When so, I agree with Mike, yeah. I come from a place of like my feelings, you know, I don't say like, well, I think we should do this. And I think we should do that because Mike is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like i come from the logical sense. So when I don't agree with him, I come from a place of feelings being like, Hey, I just feel a little bit uncomfortable or like, Hey, I always respect like your decisions, but this decision that you're making makes me feel uncomfortable. So can we, can we switch it up or can we do something differently? And as a man Mm -hmm. that loves and respects his woman, he gets Mm -hmm. influenced by me being vulnerable and he Mm -hmm. makes the best decision, but he takes my feelings into consideration. And that's what I feel like a true masculine man is. And a woman that operates in her feminine energy is like, she can still voice her opinion and just, it's
1: a matter absolutely. of how she does it. Yep, it's absolutely. And, and, it and be very clear and firm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so, so one one that thing that's worked really well uh, when we're in an argument is she'll say, listen, I understand what you're thinking. You know what I mean? And I get where you're coming from, from the logical yeah. side, side of things. But emotionally, I feel X, Y, and Z. And then it really puts things in perspective for me because I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, she's feeling these things. It's Maybe she shouldn't feel those ways because the 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 reality of the situ- situation isn't what she was thinking it was, which made her feel that way. But regardless, she's feeling yeah. that way, right? And so for her, it is real. And so yeah. I still need to comfort her and I still need to help her get through that in a sense. You know what I mean? Um, at least not make it worse, <laughs> right? Because a lot of times yeah. you really do have to be the one to get yourself out of things. But at least I can yeah. be... I can at least be a a, a better sounding board, more more uh, sympathetic than just pushing back. Well, no, 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 that's not what happened. And this isn't, you know, it's just like, no, you just have to be like, listen, this is what she's feeling. And I'll hear her out. And then I'll acknowledge it. And sometimes that's all you need to do. <laughs> and then it allows her to work through it. Um, but it's easy to get caught up in the why am I being blamed for you feeling that way when I didn't do anything, you took it the wrong way, what I meant was, you know, and then it just, you go through this this circle, this endless cycle. Um, but mm-hmm. then
0: that also doesn't create a safe place for me to voice my, you know, voice my feeling. So then I start, Mm -hmm. if I can't voice my feelings because you are always in defense mode and trying to hit me with logic and can't show me compassion or sympathy to how I'm feeling or change the way that I'm feeling is I will start crawling into my dark hole and I will start resenting you more. And if I resent you more, I can't be compassionate or nurturing or Mm -hmm. caring towards what you think or what you want because you don't care about me.
1: Yeah, and like we, you know, and we don't claim on this podcast to be uh, perfect. This still happens to us. You know what I mean? We're not perfect. I mean, this is just you know, you live with somebody, and you're with somebody long enough, you're gonna you're gonna fight. You know, you're you're gonna have problems. (laughs) You know, there's gonna be bad days. You know, (laughs) it will be along the way. uh, But uh, but you know, so we still deal with the stuff. But I think that I think the resolution just happens faster these days, and I think that there's a willingness to accept that you know one of us is to blame you know and a lot of times it's me i mean a lot of times i carry stress from work into the home and mm-hmm. i know that i'm on edge you know what i mean and i know that uh, i'm not being the best version of myself and and there's times with her the same you know and and it's um it's taking responsibility for it knowing that we're in control and it's really our responsibility as as yeah. humans to 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 solve it it's we're not each other's uh you know, um, we're not, we're not here to solve each other and make each other happy. We're here to, to make ourselves happy. And again, that's where we think God comes into play, get right with God. And then, you know, uh, kind of put him in the center of our relationship, make him Mm -hmm. the focal point and then everything else works out. Well, we can kind of walk hand in hand, but, um, uh,
0: well, one thing that really works for us too, is that when you are in a heated discussion, you guys are not you guys are not in reality, you know, you guys are just like so far <laughs> off with like, oh, I'm just thinking about what I want to say back to him and vice versa. So what we learned in church is when you guys are in like a heated, like um disagreement, like do something funny to kind of snap back into reality. <laughs> because Mike and I literally before we started this podcast, he was like eating something. And we started to get like really irritated towards each other. I was just like, mad that he was today yeah okay (laughs) yeah but listen to this it's just like because he was in back-to-back meetings and his meetings ran late Was running late yeah and then i was kind of upset because i'm like well we had this scheduled months ago and why aren't you prepared and we were just bickering and getting irritated at each other and then his tone of voice started changing but then i'm like Hmm. okay we should not be doing this so i said something funny to him and we just started laughing and literally we snapped back into reality. And it's just like, I love you. Love you too. So yeah, that, mm, that it, could was have a, yeah. it could have gotten ugly.
1: Yeah.
0: Was it just like a stupid, like irritated fight. Mm-hmm. But I realized what I, w- what I was doing actually, because I wasn't being considered that he was in back-to-back meetings. He didn't eat. I had to make him food, all of that. So I knew that I mm-hmm. was stirring up something just because I just wanted to start something. So I was like, okay, Angelica, like try to do something funny so you, we can just make amends. Get
2: ourselves out of this. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Well, that's awesome. I see why you
2: guys work so well together. That's that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank
0: you. But um,
1: but Lance, um, where where can people find you? You know, if they they want to work with you, if they want to do your program, you know, they want to really um get their life together. Maybe they're in a toxic relationship, you know, and they mm-hmm. want to get out, or maybe they're recently heartbroken or maybe they're just looking for a way to level up they're doing well and they want to do better you know where where can they find you
2: a few places so my website um is refocusonpower.com, just like it sounds like the book um uh, or they can go to refocusonhappiness.com, either one <laughs> uh i'm on facebook lance mckell m-i-k-k-e-l that's also a great one too but the website's really great and that that gives us uh and I, I like to tell people if um if we do speak I'll put more video testimonials than anyone on planet earth that I can solve this for you if you really want to do the work. So yeah, those are the two websites to go to. Facebook is fine too. Lance McKell. M-I-K-K-E-L. Well,
1: and as your personal testimonial here, you know, on the the podcast, (laughs) we're not getting anything from promoting you at all. Um, I just, uh, you changed my life for the better. Um, I was, I believe recently heartbroken when we had met and Mm -hmm. you helped me really, um, get my life together in every aspect because the practice that you taught me carried over to every part of my life. And, um, I am, you know, I would contribute a lot of my success in finances and in my marriage and in my life, you know, the the willingness to travel the world and take some of the risks I have and, you know, with, with, you know, with the courage I have, and I'd contributed to your practice that you taught me because it really helped put me in a place that I felt undefeatable, you know, a place of, like you said, dominating instead of being dominated. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's something that I wish for everybody, because if everybody did it, this world would be a, a very incredible place. But, um, yeah. so I just wanted to thank you for teaching me what you taught me and, and hopefully, you know, somebody listening today, uh, takes you up on, you know, it's uh, refocusonpower.com, refocus on power.com refocus on happiness.com and, and learns mm-hmm. from the best.
0: Yeah. And thank you for teaching him. <laughs> i hit the jackpot you're welcome.
2: Right? <laughs> you both you both did but it's 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 so beautiful to watch how i mean how will you both work together i mean uh really awesome yeah and uh yeah the 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 i guess the biggest secret is you both have really embraced progression on perfection you're you're human beings but you you made that decision that hey we're you know we're, we are evolving but the this is the this is our uh process and it's just really lovely to watch how well you guys work together and you've come to your agreements on how to have a beautiful long-term relationship. It's pretty inspiring. Yeah. And it was so, so great to see both at the wedding. I mean, that was, that was really beautiful. So, yeah. Well,
1: we're glad. We're really glad you guys made it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, so thank all you for we all go. Yeah. My <laughs> brother. Well, Hey, um, thank you again for your time today and and thank you so much for joining us. And um, you having yeah, we really
2: appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you guys will talk soon oh yeah sounds yeah. good take
2: care thanks again right, thank you Bye.
0: thank you for tuning into the bring back femininity podcast i hope our conversation today has inspired you to tap into your feminine energy embrace your higher self and live a more authentically empowered life If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends who might find it valuable. And make sure to follow us so you never miss a new episode. We love hearing from our listeners. So feel free to reach out to us with your feedback and suggestions. Remember, you are unique, beautiful, and capable of amazing things. Keep shining your light and embracing your feminine power. Thank you for listening to the Bring Back Feminine podcast. And until next time, keep bringing back femininity.